My name is Matthew Gamble. I hail from the United States of America. It's a country across the pond. Super honored to be here with you guys. Very, very nervous, like freaking out style nervous, almost defiling myself, but uh, we'll try to avoid that. As the week continues and progresses, uh, my defilement will uh, settle down and I'll be a little bit more relaxed, but I am a little nervous right now. Excuse me, there's a thing right behind me. Um, I do have ADD and don't take medication for it. I'm the husband of one wife. Her name is Susan. Uh, she is a medical doctor. I have married higher, 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 uh, and I lift Jesus higher uh, for seeing fit that I could marry a woman who can make about five times as much money as I ever will. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so the theme for this week is beautiful people. Some of you may be wondering, where did that come from? My boy Campbell, do you all know Campbell? Islander guy, um, I think an Islander. Campbell? Royal. Do you all know Campbell? So if any of you, anybody at Easter Big Camp? Okay, <laughs> thank you all 10. Uh, powerful time. Uh, uh, just a few months ago, uh, but Campbell in our in the talent show was like, let's do an improvisational dance as you do. Uh, dancing is scriptural, so uh, and biblical. So we decided to embrace it. Uh, uh, basic biblical Hebrew. God bless you. Jesus loves you. Uh, Whose ever book that is? Um, <laughs> amen. Power to the people. Uh, but anyway, Campbell was like, let's do this improvisational dance. Any of you that were at the talent show that that. Uh, powerful evening. Uh, we did the improvisational dance to the song Beautiful People, which at that time I had never heard uh, by your boy Chris Brown, who has repented, confessed, and moved on from his terrible and gross sin. Uh, um, I've actually looked into it before we opted to go with that as a theme, and I do believe in forgiveness and grace, and we're going to be exploring that a little bit this week. Uh, but the song, Beautiful People, your homework assignment for today is, is to grab some earphones, find the song, and just listen to it, and, and allow God to speak to you in and through it. Allow yourself to be expressive or, or to respond as the song is playing, because it's just, put it to you this way. When I left this place and went back to the States, I've been listening to that song. I've probably listened to it in the ballpark of a hundred different times. And I'll wake up in the morning. Oftentimes we're, we've been living in St. Augustine, Florida, and, and I'll maybe get to that in just a minute, but um, I'll go and check the sunrise and just play that song in my car as I'm driving out to the beach. We lived, lived a mile from the beach. And uh, I just pray that that song would become a blessing to you as it has been to me. Um, so I would encourage you to get into it. And as we progress through this week, at some point, uh, I would like to see the song played in its entirety. That flick is a minute and a half. The song goes for about a five minutes. And I just pray as we move through the book of Philippians, which is what we're going to be doing this entire week. So Monday through Friday, we are going to go systematically through the book of Philippians, verse by verse by verse. May sound boring to you right now. I've already seen some students leaving. Um, but uh, it just can, can be painful for some. But I pray that by God's grace, as we go through the four chapters of the book of Philippians, that God would speak to you, that God would show up, that, that you would bring your Bibles, that you would get into Scripture. 
um, and, and that by God's grace, we would learn how to study the Bible, how to extrapolate things out of Scripture, and I pray that it would be extremely meaningful for you. As a matter of fact, you may be wondering, what are these banners up here behind me in front of you? The two on my left and right are actually going to be uh, uh, texts that we'll preach uh, uh, and be looking out, looking at on Sabbath morning, and instead of Philippians 2.20, I just noticed that it's actually Galatians 2.20 and 21, uh, but that's cool. Maybe they were just trying to trick you and uh, <laughs> see if you knew your Bibles well enough. Uh, but that's what, that's what those two banners are there for. These five banners in the back back here, this is going to be tonight. Uh, we're going to be unpacking uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. Friday night. Those are the verses we're going to be looking at uh, in the evening time, if that makes a bit of sense. Little quick update on the transition in my life, and then we're going to dive into Scripture with our 25 minutes or so remaining. Um, uh, we, my wife and my daughter, I have an 11-month-old daughter. She turned 11 months uh, old yesterday. Amen and hallelujah. We praise God for that little shorty and offspring. Um, I will say this to you, that if you are anticipating uh, having offspring and producing and following God's will for your life, he did say be fruitful and multiply. Uh, um, if you're going to do that, make sure you're ready. And not that you're ever ready, but make sure you're at a place where, where like you've got some bit of like stability. Because having a shorty is just a huge game changer. More on that later. Um, here's my story this last week leading up, just so you know why I'm feeling a little bit hectic. We're moving. Uh, when I flew back from Easter Big Camp just a few months ago, the day I arrived into LA, the phone rang. I got a call from a president up in Northern California. Uh, for some of you, you may not know, but I've been serving independently for the last four years, traveling onto six continents, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ as effectively and clearly as I can. I mean, I I'm passionate about the gospel of Jesus. I'm passionate about the word of God. And that's what I've been doing the last four years. Uh, your boy, Eddie Hippolyte, who is coming to pastor this church that we're standing in uh, later this year, early next year, uh, he told me a few months ago at the One Project gathering in Seattle, Washington, he said, Matthew, I'm praying that God plants you and just sets you down somewhere in a local congregation. And, and that was like February of this year. And, and the dude has the gift of prophecy, I truly believe. Uh, so you guys are richly blessed to have Eddie coming this way. Uh, but truth be told, I got a call to pastor the Elm Saven Seventh-day Adventist Church in St. Helena, California. Uh, and so this last week on Tuesday, the house was packed up. On Wednesday, the boxes were put onto a large truck. And on Thursday, I got on a plane and, and flew on four different flights to get here on Saturday morning, attended church at the Walls Inn Church this past Sabbath, enjoyed rich and deep fellowship with some brothers and sisters all that day, all Sunday, and uh, it's a joy to be with you guys today. On September 9, which is Sunday coming up, I will be flying back home, and my home is now in St. Helena, California. So my, my destination, it took me four planes to get here, one plane to get home, which I am deeply grateful for. So I will be flying in and out of San Francisco International Airport, uh, and it is there that we're moving. And so I just solicit your prayers during this transition. It's a huge transition for my wife, my daughter, myself. 
Uh, it's been a super hectic past couple of weeks leading up into this. And to be honest, I'm not trying to play a violin for myself or get your sympathy. But um, to be honest with you, uh, I canceled a slew of speaking appointments when I accepted the call. But this was one that there was no way in the world I was going to cancel. As a matter of fact, our whole move has hinged on this festival of faith at Avondale College. And by God's grace, he is going to show up in powerful ways and will speak to us here. I'm not here on vacation. I'm not here. Well, I'm here to have a good time in God's word. Uh, but by God's grace, he is going to show up and speak and move mountains in our lives. So that's what we're claiming and believing. Before we get into the word of God, I want to thank God for my brother Wayne French here, your chaplain uh, here at this school. Amen. Yes, your brother Wayne French, uh, your boy Ray Roenfeld, is that how you pronounce it? Do you refer to him as your boy? <laughs> uh, probably not. Why'd you get expelled again from Avondale College? Um, uh, I have not met Ray that I'm aware of, uh, but I know his brother well, and, and if he's anything like his brother, his brother Peter is one of the most incredible brains I have ever met in my life. And, uh, and so I believe you are richly blessed to have him as your president here. Look forward to meeting him here this week, uh, by God's grace. And, um, and I want to thank especially Carly, 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 Carly. Um, I just thank God for this girl. I just met her this morning and uh, she is the one who's kind of uh, helped coordinate this entire week. And she doesn't know that I'm going to say this, but Wayne just informed me uh, that you're heading into the hospital tomorrow. And we are going to have a special prayer for her tonight. Uh, uh, there's been a mass found inside of her that is going to be removed tomorrow. And we are going to claim by God's grace that that mass is removed well and, and cleared and that you will have a clean bill of health. So I thank God for you. I had no clue about that. And, uh, and sorry you're going to be missing this week, but we'll be sure to record it and uh, make sure you can see that while you suck on popsicles in the hospital. All right. Uh, but again, do keep her in prayer. Be mindful of your fellow student. Uh, that's a heavy situation that she's facing. And again, we'll be praying about that tonight. Without further ado, I'm going to invite you to bow your heads with me. We're going to have a word of prayer, and then we're going to dive into Scripture. If you have your Bibles, be prepared uh, to open to the book of Philippians, chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to be at this school, at Avondale College. It is a huge honor. Today is my first day, first opportunity to preach on this campus, and it is a huge honor honor. The legacy that this school represents is enormous. The significance that this school represents in this continent is significant. And so uh, it's just uh, uh, amazing what it is that you have done in the history of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, in the history of this school. We thank God that Ellen was exiled here to this continent uh, uh, towards the end of her life and that you have blessed and, and magnified and done incredible things that are ab above and beyond anything we could hope, dream, or imagine. So we're deeply grateful. We're grateful for each student that is here. We're grateful for the faculty that are here. And we just ask God that as we meet and convene Monday through Sabbath, that you would be with us in all 11 sessions that we gather together. We ask that you would be here in powerful ways. That We ask that you would unleash the word of God to us, that you would reveal Jesus 
Jesus to us in more clear ways, even though we're looking at the book of Philippians, I just pray that Jesus would be glorified in this place, that he would be lifted up in this place, that in so doing, you would draw all people unto yourself. We are in desperate, dire need of more of you and less of self. So I just pray in the moments remaining that you would remove self out of the picture, that if we're, we're struggling because we've got tests coming up or some of the student, uh, 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 the, the teacher, uh, student teachers or teachers that are studying, uh, students that are studying to be teachers um, are, are going to be interviewed over the next couple days. I just met the gentleman that's heading that up. I just ask for, for, that you would remove any obstacle that would distract us from hearing your word, and may you proclaim it clearly. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you have your Bibles, please open with me to Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, and again, it is here that we will remain for the duration. This first session, we're going to be looking uh, at verses 1 through 11, Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. So please open your Bibles. If you don't have your Bibles, the passage is going to be up on the screen behind me in front of you. Um, but I would really encourage you to please bring your Bible out and maybe even bring a pencil out. If you're doing an electronic version, that's okay. God will forgive you. Um, uh, but in all seriousness, electronic version is fine. That's what I brought to church Sabbath. But there's something about having the actual Word of God in your hand in print form. And I always love having like a pencil in hand so that I can underline or make notes or comments. I use the ESV, the English Standard Version, one of the most literal translations of Scripture. And I like the wide, wide margins so that I can, you know, fill in some notes and stuff like that. So, yes, I just pray this would be a blessing. Uh, just a little backdrop to the book of Philippians. Paul is writing from a jail cell, not Avon jail. Uh, it's a jail cell. Actually, I had never heard of Avon jail before, but one of your graduates from here, he thought it was funny. Do y'all call it Avon jail? Just repent. God will forgive you and move on. Um, but Paul, the apostle, is up in prison. So he is in prison as he is writing this. So you need to hear this in this context. So that's kind of important. Like he is trapped down under lock and key. And when you start to hear the vernacular that this dude uses, it's incredible to understand where he's coming from. Like, in other words, I've been to jail a couple times. I'm not proud of that, but it's a reality of my life. Jail is the single or prison is the worst place. I've never been to a prison like penitentiary style. I was in a jail. It is the single worst place I have ever been in my life because you are stripped of all dignity. You don't count for nothing. Your name is not important. You become a number. And this is where Paul is writing from. It's AD 60, roughly. Some scholars argue and debate on that. Not super important. But Philippi is, Philippi is the, is the first church that Paul planted, the Apostle Paul, after he had his conversion with Jesus Christ, the experience where Jesus himself showed up. And keep in mind that this dude, Paul, was a pretty freaky dude where he was going around blowing up people. So if, for some of you, let's just get this out of the way because I'm sure that some of you are going to be like, you, you cannot tell me that they are using Chris Brown's song, Beautiful People, as, as like the theme song for this week. What an abomination to the Lord. Again, just... Just repent of your trespasses and sins. God will forgive you. Paul, if you, think, if you think Chris Brown was a bad guy, Paul was like capping 
followers of Jesus in the face. Like he was killing mass murder style followers of Jesus. He had a conversion, a change of heart. God got a hold of his heart and his life was never the same. Philippi is the first church he planted. This is the letter that he wrote to the church in Philippi from the jail cell. And so hear this. He starts with this, uh, Philippians chapter one, uh, verse one, Paul and Timothy, servants or bond servants, it's the Greek word doulos, is servants of Jesus Christ. For the last four years, my ministry has been called Vaga Bond Servant International. Uh, so Paul is a bond servant. He is sold out to Jesus Christ. And here's, here's what he says, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and the deacons, and watch this church in verse two, please hear this. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just take a little bit of a side note to explain to you what we're doing this week and why we're gonna go through the book of Philippians. Typically in my past, when I get up to do a week of prayer and I know I've got 11 sermons ahead of me, we normally start with a theme and then we preach, you know, I'll come from different sections of scripture to preach on that theme. Lately in my life, I just really love diving into books of scripture, staying with the book, staying with the text. Here is my conviction. When Paul wrote this letter to the church in Philippi, God saw fit and knew that in the 21st century, in this day and age at Avondale College this week, that this letter, which was written initially to Philippi, would be as relevant to you and me today. Does this make a bit of sense? So when we open up scripture and expound on scripture, what he wrote then is applicable to us today. And notice what Paul says. Does he say, condemnation and judgment be upon you? Does he, does he like show up and start his letter with saying, you suck, you are a loser, you will never amount to anything? No, he does none of that. He comes along and says to you, grace and peace. Y'all in your lives, and, and please hear me when I say this, a lot of Christians that I know have left the church. A lot of people, when I was at Andrews University, a school in Michigan, when I was there at Andrews, a lot of people that I was in school with, like you guys are in school together, who were very involved with the church, they have left the church. Why? I would simply submit to you that the majority of people that I talk to that I know are completely out of the church now, it has nothing to do with uh, uh, the fact that they turned their back on Jesus per se, they were run out of the church by hypocrisy, judgment, criticism. They were run out of the church by backbiting and gossip. They were run out of the church because traditionalism had no value or meaning to them. And when they read the things of scripture, it was contradictory to what they were experiencing in church. Does any of this make sense? And I apologize ahead of time for talking a little bit fast. Uh, I just, yeah, but anyway, so, I mean, I'll try to slow down. Some people have told me, could you just slow it down or stop every once in a while? <laughs> I just need you to hear, please know this. 
that when God is in your life, what that means is, is that this very spirit that was abiding in Jesus Christ actually is available to abide up in you, to come up in you. And when the spirit of Jesus Christ comes up in you, you start to emulate the character of Jesus Christ. Does this make sense? When people were, were, uh, when people were in the day that Jesus was walking around, were sinners running from Jesus, like in holy terror, like, oh, funk, don't blow me up, like, like I'm scared of you, or were they running towards him? I would simply submit to you because you're not responding at all. Uh, I'll respond to my own question. They ran and flocked towards Jesus. Why? Because Jesus was a man who ushered in and offered grace and he offered peace. And the apostle Paul opening his letter to the church in Philippi comes along and just says to you, Avondale. So again, to the, to the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Avondale with the overseers and the deacons, grace to you, students, grace to you, faculty, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Why is this so important? Because our lives are filled with a lot of pressure. Our lives, this planet pushes us down. We find our students facing some issues that they ought to not be facing. This world is filled with stress and trial. The last thing we need to experience coming into the body of believers is stress and trial. And so he starts with grace to you and peace. Moving right along, verse three. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. And church, I just confess to you, I, 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 and maybe this sounds selfish. I confess this to you and I say it almost every time. Australia for me, especially the North New South Wales territory, which is the predominant place that, that I've come to. I think this is trip 15 for me in the last, I don't know, six or seven years. Um, I consider it just a huge honor and joy to be here with you guys. Uh, I thank God for this continent and I thank God for Australians because I don't have any other place on the planet quite like this. And, uh, and so when he says, I thank my God in all remembrance of you, the same, I can, I can understand where he's coming from. There's deep care, there's deep uh, 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 joy, there's deep excitement there because this is his first church he planted. Uh, for me, I get to come here a couple times a year typically and run back into you and see familiar faces and I just simply thank God for all, um, all my remembrance of you. Verse four, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Church, you've got to hear this. What is he saying in this partnership of the gospel? What is the gospel? It is what you and I are unified in. We are in the body of Christ and what Christ offered in is the gospel, AKA the good news. What is the good news? You can't, he can. What is the good news? Jesus died, he rose again, defeated death and sin once and for all. And if you put your faith, hope and trust in him, you partake in eternal life. What is the gospel? You by yourself, in and of yourself, can never do it. You can never earn it. You can never appease God by your behavior. And unfortunately within the church today, and this has always plagued the church, 
Uh, you can read it in scripture and we're going to see it in scripture in the book of Philippians this week. And then also Sabbath morning in Galatians chapter two, there are hypocrites. There are those that will come along and, and proclaim a different gospel that is not not in alignment with what Jesus taught, not in alignment with what he stood for. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Let me clarify. There are those amongst the church today that are teaching and proclaiming a gospel that is all about legalism or it is all about behavioralism. And these people, some of them are filled with grace. Don't get me wrong. A lot of them are filled with judgment and condemnation, but some of them are filled with grace and they're just proclaiming this message that as long as you get your act together, then you're good to go. As long, when Jesus comes back, as long as you are walking in a level of perfection, you're good to go. Jesus is put on the side somewhere and they focus on your behavior. That is not the gospel that Paul proclaimed. That is not the gospel that Jesus taught. That is, that is contradictory to the kingdom of God. The gospel that he proclaims is this. I am the chief of sinners. I am a, a freak. I have issues that I in and of myself cannot get over. Some of you right now, you're getting choked out with sin in your life. And you're just saying to yourself, you try to stop sinning, but you can't. Why? Because in and of yourself, you are unable to stop sinning. The gospel is, is that Jesus accepts you right where you are. Jesus loves you the moment you receive him. You are a child of the most high God. It doesn't matter what you have done in many respects. And I'm going to just step out on a limb here. It doesn't really even matter what you continue to do so long as Jesus remains Lord of your life. Because after all, it is not your responsibility to save yourself and it is not your responsibility to save anybody else. That is God's job and his job alone. So if you face trials on this planet as a follower of Jesus Christ, do I still sin? Yes. Am I proud of that? No. Does it break the heart of God? Certainly. Is Jesus doing a good work in me? Absolutely. And we're about to see that in just a minute. But, but I just would encourage you guys, please, understand the gospel. I'm just spitting out some attributes of the gospel. You've got to drill down on it. And that's what Paul is saying because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Why do we celebrate as followers of Jesus? Because of the good news. Why are we excited because of the good news? When I walk into church and I'll confess to you, the church that I'm heading to, Elm's Haven, it is dead. It, it is freaking dead. Like, I'm telling you, I'm not even, this is, it's actually really sad. The Sabbath, my wife and I went and visited this place. It was the worst church service I have ever attended in my life. And I'm not trying to sound judgmental or critical. I've actually, just so you know, because you could say, well, have you followed the Matthew 18 principle and told the church? I have told them to their face what I experienced to me was an abomination. I mean, that's as heavy as I can go and say it's an absolute abomination when we come into church and it is boring. It is like a freaking funeral that has nothing to do with Jesus. It doesn't celebrate the goodness of God. It actually like puts things down. Ellen White says that our church services ought to be quote unquote intensely 
interesting. And when I was sitting there that day in the 600-seat church, and I looked around, and there's like 90 in attendance, at least a quarter, and this is the safe side, at least a quarter of the people were dead asleep. The music was sleigh bells. I mean, I'm like, I'm like we're, we're talking like in August here. We're not even near Christmas. And they're playing sleigh bells. And not that sleigh bells inherently are of the devil. It's just the way that it was done was just so dishonoring to God. In my, in my humble opinion, when the congregation is passing out cold, no one, no one is even intrigued or into it Something is fundamentally wrong. I don't care how good your traditions are. I don't even care how good your theology is. is. But if you're not, if people aren't inspired, if lives are not being changed, something is dead wrong. And I'm tired myself. I'm tired of being in a church where nothing is happening. I mean, what would it look like if when we read scripture, we actually experience it in the 21st century? What would that look like? So anyway, y'all got me sidetracked. Uh, let's continue on. Just want to thank now Gene for, or uh, sorry, Camelback for the water. Y'all, we got we to gotta land the plane. Watch this. And here it comes, church. Here is the gospel. Please hear this and I'll close down in like 60 seconds. I just lied. Um, <laughs> y'all, please hear this real quick. The very next verse, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray that today you would be of encourage, like that you would be encouraged internally deep within yourself when you hear this verse six. And I am sure of this, Paul says, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Who began the good work? Him. Who will complete it? Him. It ain't your responsibility. That is the good news. Now, does that give you license to just go around and do whatever the junk you want? No, because when Jesus is Lord of your life, you start walking to the beat of a different drummer. Are you following? Please hear me. I'm being very serious about this. When Jesus Christ becomes Lord and Savior, suddenly you are not your own. Suddenly, the path that you are on is not whatever I want to do. As a matter of fact, Jesus proclaimed this in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, not my will be done, but your will be done. I'm going to leave you with this, church, so we wrap up on time and we'll just pick up here. I was meaning to get to verse 11, but we didn't. Um, but I'm going to just wrap up here uh, because you know why? Uh, it is so important normally with time. Like when we're at big camp, you're stuck in the middle of a field and you have nowhere to go. Uh, so I'll preach for an hour, hour and a half and, and rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I said rejoice. Um, uh, but today you guys have to be in class in like 10 minutes now, nine minutes. So I'm gonna let you go. I just need to reiterate again and I want you to hear this and I'll close with prayer and you're dismissed and I'll see you at 6.15, is it? 6.15 in this place. Please bring your Bibles again. And I just reiterate, you've already heard it. I am sure of this, Paul says, that he, 
the Lord Jesus, who began a good work in you, will bring it to completion at the day that he returns. Just trust in it. Just put, even if it's just a little minuscule mustard seed size of faith, put that little bit of faith into the Lord Jesus Christ because he that began the good work, it is his job, it is his duty, it is his great joy to complete it. Amen? I'm going to invite you to stand with me and let's close with prayer and I'll see you tonight at 6.15. I'm around here all week, y'all, and it's uh, nothing more than a tremendous joy to just hang out and get acquainted. Uh, uh, so let's chat and let's do this. Please, I, I, I beg of you, avail yourself to God, uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Just avail yourself this week. Open up yourself. If the Chris Brown song makes you uncomfortable, again, just repent and, uh, and he will forgive you. Uh, again, don't forget your homework assignment. So pray, avail yourself, open. This is festival of faith. Open your heart to God. Invite him to speak to you. Invite him to show up. And he promised that he will. And we believe by faith that he is going to do incredible things in this place. Again, your second homework assignment is get the song, pay the 99 cents, or get the torrent for free and <laughs> repent. Um, and listen to that song, Beautiful People. Put your eyes closed. And I just challenge you to try to stay still. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that I am beautiful people, Avondale is beautiful people, and that you, God, look at us and see us as pearls of infinite value. You see us as beautiful people. You value us to the nth degree. You value us and you have promised through scripture that the work you've already begun, you will complete. So God, we in and of ourselves cannot do it. We turn to you now and trust that you will, you will do something above and beyond our own ability and capability. Forgive us of the times where we stand in the way and prevent you from working. Forgive us of the times where we, where we take our own thoughts, our own dreams and imagination, and we supplant the gospel uh, because of misconceptions. Jesus, may we come at, at just an even place here, at a clear, clear field, at, at just ground level, May we just uh, avail ourselves to you, and may you fill us. Continue to guide and direct us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.